uh, you know, Father's Day goes tremendously well with our legacy series. We're in part three of our legacy series as we are celebrating the legacy that we have as the church, obviously tracing all of our roots back to Acts chapter two, the birth of the New Testament church and all of the churches that we see around the world today that are lifting up the name of Jesus, uh, preaching the gospel, that we can all thank God for that early church and just get to be part of this tremendous legacy. Do you know that Jesus is building his church and he's continuing to build the church and there's nothing better than to partner with Jesus as he continues to build his church as we were singing this morning, uh, Cornerstone and my daughter was here on the worship team this morning. She's visiting with us. (laughs) She is going to Bible school in California and so it's the greatest Father's Day gift that I can imagine. Um, to have her. I mean, I'm thankful for my other daughter too, but (laughs) I'm happy to have her. (laughs) They're both amazing. All right. Don't want to get in trouble with that one. (laughs) Uh, Thank God for the, uh, us having the cornerstone of Jesus. And again, as we look at the history of the church, we obviously know that there's some good and bad parts of the history of the church. And then Everybody that we look back at church history, everybody needed a savior, right? And that includes us. And so we know anywhere that there's humans involved, there's going to be some difficulties, but we don't put our faith in broken human beings, and that includes the person on your row and me, that the cornerstone of our faith is Jesus, and he's continuing to build the church. So we want to continue to build the church, and thank God that we have this blessed opportunity to do that. So we need to be excited and expectant. Uh, for the future of the church, um, not just here, um, the city church, but what God is continuing to do. And, you know, that is one of the, uh, the things that we, I just wanted to mention this morning as it relates here to Father's Day and us as a church. I just want to honor my dad this morning who's seated over there with my mom in the fourth row. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, they're, they're sitting in the fourth row, not because they're backsliding, <laughs> moving it's just, it's closer to the bathroom over there for them. So it's just, <laughs> it's easier access for them. And so, you know, I just want to honor I, my dad. I want to make mention, and just again, if you're new to the church, I always want to make mention of this, that the faithfulness of my parents actually has produced a tremendous harvest. And, uh, you know, I'm so thankful for the foundation that my parents set here for us um, at the city church that my wife and I, we've been pastoring here uh, for the past 15 years, but my parents set a tremendous foundation, not as pastors, but as a couple, uh, as a married couple, just a tremendous example for us. And uh, one of the things that we want to do uh, as the city church continues, that one of the things that was um, modeled by my parents and my dad, that they would always invest in other churches. So I just I can just remember growing up, you know, as a young person, my parents would always be hosting other pastors in our home, just having pastoral discussions, different things like that, just making sure that other pastors and other churches were doing well. And this is all behind the scenes stuff, stuff that most likely people who attended our church wouldn't necessarily know, known what was going on. But my parents just had a heart for the church in general. You know, we, we see the churches, you know, in our area, we're not in competition with them but they are our family. And so for us to invest into other churches is really just part of our DNA as a church, and we want to continue that legacy. How many of you think that's a good legacy to continue? (laughs) Amen. 
that we're not, we're not just building the kingdom of the city church. We want to build the kingdom of God at which the cornerstone is Jesus. And so we, we see other churches that we can invest in as a tremendous blessing to us. So as I, I mentioned previously, you know, we've been able to invest through our legacy offering, which I'll mention again here in a second, to a bunch of other churches. But over the last few years, we've been able to invest financially to five brand new churches in Canada which is exciting for us to do. And again, following the example of my parents, we're not just investing resources with these churches, we're actually uh, continuing a relationship with them, that we're being friends with them. I don't know if you know this, pastors need friends too. And, uh, you know, going in the ministry is not the easiest thing to do. And I just want to make mention of one thing. You know, my, my dad is a pastor, but my parents didn't force us into the ministry. If you had met me when I was... 17, you wouldn't say, there's no way this kid's going to be a pastor. (laughs) And my parents never forced me into the ministry. In fact, when I told my dad I I was going to Bible school, I can remember distinctly he was in his office at our old building, and I walked in there, and he was writing something on his desk, and I said, Dad, I just want to let you know I'm going to Bible school. And he just kept writing, and he's like, okay. And I'm like, this is not how I imagined this going, you know, I thought he was going to celebrate with me. And, you know, for the next nine months, as I prepared to go to Bible school, I was saving money. And uh, in that nine-month period, my dad never said anything about my decision to go to Bible school. And then I went to travel to go to Bible school. He actually gave me a letter saying that he was proud of me. But also what he explained to me is that he knew and he knows that being in the ministry, the five-fold ministry, being a, a pastor is not the easiest thing in the world. And he didn't want... He, he wanted my call to be from God. He didn't want it to be like, hey, this is the thing you need to do. Because when it gets hard, then I could just blame him. I'm like, you told me to do this, which he never did. And so that I just knew that that call was uh, something from God. But again, all of the investment that my parents uh, have placed into my wife and I, and then subsequently our team, we as a church... We just want to help as many churches as we can. And this is not something that we just do as pastors. Our worship leader does this as well, Ellen. Um, Our team does this sometimes. Again, these aren't necessarily things that get advertised, but other church teams just come here during the week, and we, we train them in different ways. So we want to build the kingdom of God. And we want, again, to continue this legacy. So we actually have an opportunity in the next little while, in the next coming years, um, till I'm old and gray like them, I have a little bit of gray coming in, but not quite as much as my dad, that we have an opportunity to part, and we're going to continue to partner with Slate Church. Pastor Brandon and Emma, they have spoken here many times. He's actually going to be speaking here in a couple weeks, that we're kind of going to join forces as a church, and we're going to help train up other pastors, uh, come alongside other pastors, help resource other pastors. Uh, We are both now collectively on a board of a Bible school, which is something that has just come up in the last year, a great opportunity for us to be able to continue the legacy as we stand on the shoulder of my parents to train and bless and help other pastors. So that's super exciting for us. And so we don't want the legacy that my parents created, faithful, honorable, great pastors, men and women of God, to just stop with them and then just certainly not to stop with me and my wife and our team, but to continue the legacy that so that we can have We can look into the future and just see many, many churches planted and thriving in the province of Ontario because of the sacrifice and the faithfulness 
of my parents. Can you get an agreement with that? Amen. So when Pastor Brandon is here in a couple of weeks, he'll touch on that a little bit more and maybe put some more flesh on the bones of that idea. All right, one of the other things that I have mentioned that we're doing uh, every year with the Legacy Series that we are receiving a Legacy Offering. And this year, our goal with the Legacy Offering is $70,000. If you haven't been around the last couple of weeks, we are uh, taking back a, a little over 1,000 square feet from our tenant. They are reducing their footprint here in our building, and, and we said we needed the space for a lot of things, and so it's going to be a team room, it's going to be a storage, it's going to be a multi-purpose room, and again, that $70,000 uh, will go to the renovations of that, hoping to start this fall. We've done a lot of great things with our legacy offering here in the building over the last couple of years. We've updated our bathrooms upstairs, added the deck, and just to make mention of my parents again, um, you know, my parents are going to be giving $1,000 into the legacy offering. Now, I'm, I'm not doing that to lift them up in any special way, but what I would like to say to all of the people who are working in the for-profit world that you don't want a retired pastor out giving you <laughs> in the legacy offering. Not that it's a competition, but come on, guys. <laughs> okay. Second Timothy chapter one, verse three says, I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. I remember your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and I'm sure now dwells in you. So we can see this representation of three generations. This is God's plan for the church and for you and for your family. And some people in here might be saying, you know, I'm first generation Christian. Um, but then you can create this legacy. This is the responsibility that we need to embrace from the scripture that our, our, our faith and your faith is not just supposed to stop in you. We're supposed to be passing on this faith that we have. And so we see this list of generations. And I thank God for the faith. Now listen to my grandparents' names. This is, this is awesome. My grandparents' names are... Tuna, Toivo, Iola, and Earl. I don't know if anybody can top that in this room. And so the, all of my grandparents all had faith in Jesus, and I'm sure that thank God for their faith, and thank God for the faith of my parents, and thank God for the faith of, of me and my wife, but thank God for the faith of our children, and then thank God for the faith of my children's children that we want to continue to invest in the next generation. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and a steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. This idea of legacy is all the way through the scripture that we would embrace this responsibility, that we would be disciples who create other disciples, not just stopping with us, that there would be generations and generations and generations. Week one, we talked about loving God and how Jesus is the foundation of our faith. Last week, we talked about loving people, that there's a portion of our faith that's vertical. And then because we have this vertical relationship, God wants us to love people here on the horizontal. So as we have been saying, there's these markers that we want to continue through the church, faithfulness. And I, I've said all of these dwell and have dwelled in my parents' Faithfulness, generosity, perseverance, trust in God, love, and truth. These are all things that we want to perpetuate. And as we talk about fathers today, 
This is something that dads, that we need dads to embrace. That we need to pick up, dads, the responsibility that God has given to us. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, some of the last words here in the Old Testament. It says, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and their hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So here, God is bringing it right back down again to family and how important family is. And I don't have to tell you, there is a war on family. There is a war on mom and dad and children in every way you could imagine. But here, this is God's legacy. This is God's design for us. And then for us, dads in the room, this is something that we would need to pick up, that there would be something in our heart for our children, not just some thing in our head, oh, I gotta do this. Oh, I have a child, I guess I should do something. No, this is something from the heart, that we want our children to be successful in every way possible. And that success is gonna start with a relationship with God. I know, it, I know it's kind of trendy uh, nowadays a little bit to say, you know, I'm just going to let my kids decide what they're going to do with their future. And then, well, you don't want to force my faith on children. But you know that the, the culture is forcing faith on them. The culture is forcing, here's how you need to believe about the world. And it's a mess. Listen, secular humanism is a bankrupt mess. Why would we send our children out into that without any guidance, without any wisdom, without any godly, eternal, transcendent wisdom, and be like, okay, this is what the culture says today, figure it out. I don't want to force my faith on you, but this is what the world is doing, forcing their faith on them. And what we need to do is invest and preserve our children, have a heart for our children. We don't want the world to capture the hearts and minds of our children. See, you, dads, you need to have a good case for Christ so that at bedtime and at story time that you can explain your faith to your children and you need to be a good example to them. You need to take up the responsibility and I'm gonna live this out in front of my children because something else will be lived out in front of them in the world. So we got to take on this responsibility to live out our faith in front of our children. And Father Abraham is a great example of this in the scripture. Father of a multitude. Now, how can we be, and how is Abraham the father of a multitude? And that's what Abraham means. He had to start with one. For you to create a legacy of a multitude, you got to start with a child, the children under your care, the children under your auspices, to, for you to have a legacy that generation after generation that your children and your children's children and your children's children's children serve God, you got to start right now. We got to start investing into our children. They have a heart. We got to have a heart for our kids. Here is the call to Abraham, part of a Genesis 12, verse 2, says this, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And this is, again, the call to dads, that God wants to make 
of you a great nation. Now, I'm not necess- there's not necessarily going to be a new nation named after you. All right, and this is very specific to the covenant being started here with Abraham. But you could create a legacy. And again, if you're a first generation follower of Jesus, man, what an opportunity that we would invest into our children. And what type of dad would we be? We would be a dad of blessing. That we would be blessed from God so that we can be a blessing to our children. So that generation after generation would follow after Jesus, that we would pick up this responsibility. Genesis 18, verse 17 says this, then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great, na- a great and powerful nation, and all nations on the earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him and to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. Now let's think through some of these thoughts here. Verse 18, surely he will become a great and powerful nation. Now, what do we think about this? What what does this mean that we're gonna, with our legacy, we're gonna create a powerful nation? Does this mean we're gonna dominate everybody? We're just gonna tell everybody what to do and we're gonna have a huge army and we're gonna invade all of the countries because we're gonna be a powerful nation? No, and all of the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. So what type of power does God want us to wield based on following him, uh, the blessing? Whatever we have, whatever God has given to us, Whatever relationship that we have with God, this is something that we're going to be passing on to our children, that we would have a heart to bless our children and move away from selfishness. It's just really easy to be selfish in the culture that we're surrounded by because everything is about us. We can go somewhere and we can get food fast because they're gonna serve you. They're gonna do it for you. We're not even gonna stop at the bank. We're gonna drive through the bank. We're gonna drive through everywhere because it's all about me. But being a dad has nothing to do with you. Being a dad is all about your children. It's all about your children. It's all about your children. Can I get an amen from the dads in the room this morning? And see, God, one of the things as a father that that God is doing in us and through us, and this is why all young men in the room who aren't married, there's two things you need. You need a wife and you need to have children. Because these two things will strip selfishness from you. Because you're, right now, you're a young man, you're thinking, I'm not very selfish, bro. <laughs> you just have no idea. You think, I'm a pretty generous guy. Then I got married, I'm thinking, I'm a little bit selfish. <laughs> got to think about my wife. And then your wife has a child. And you're like, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> I am so selfish. But then this is something we have to embrace, that my whole life... And I can't describe this enough. My whole life was for my children. 
Because, and, and again, this is something that my dad modeled for me. But the reason my dad modeled this for me is because this is here in the word of God. What type of powerful nation, men, are we going to be? We're going to be a godly, powerful nation. Then what are we going to be? We're going to be people of blessing. We're going to be men of God. And we're going to be men of blessing. Blessing our children and our children's children. Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy means second law, just reiterating to us, reiterating to the children of Israel before they go into the promised land, hey, don't forget these things. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse one, these are the commands, decrees, and laws that the Lord God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Hey, you're going into the promised land. You are going into salvation Brought into the New Testament, this is what it means to be a follower of Christ. So that you, your children and their children after them, may fear the Lord. Your God, as long as you live, keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. So that you may enjoy a long life. Fear God. What does it mean to fear God? Reverence him. It doesn't mean to cower in fear from him. It means to reverence him, to honor him. In a culture of dishonor. Dad, we can teach our children to honor God. See, when we think about the Father, the Father God and then human fathers is that our Father God knows the end from the beginning. And then a father has gone ahead, right? The father has lived some life. The father is aware of the pitfalls, any dads know what I'm talking about? The pitfalls that are out there. And we've fallen in some of those pits. And what we don't want is that we don't want our kids to fall in those same pits. So the father has gone ahead. So the father goes ahead and then can look back and teach his children, hey, don't do the thi- some of the things that I did because I made some mistakes. And the things that you did well, it's like, hey, you can bring your children into those things. Follow me as I follow Christ. So the Father, Father God has gone ahead, and then you as dads have gone ahead. So let's read here some wisdom from the scripture about fatherhood. Psalm 103, verse 13. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. So dads, we're going to be compassionate to our children. And why are we going to be compassionate to our children? Because God is compassionate to us. And as a good a foundation as that we can lay for our children, that our children are going to mess up sometimes. They're going to do the wrong thing. And what are we going to do in those moments? We're going to like, kick them out of the house. <laughs> now we're going to be compassionate to them the same way God was compassionate to us. That we're going to show compassion. We're going to have a heart for our children. Ephesians 6, it was sweet. We're going to turn it now a little bit. Ephesians 6, verse 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Compassion? Yes. Discipline and instruction? Yes. Both of these things are love. Discipline and instruction. And again, to celebrate my dad for a moment. He loved this verse. (laughs) He lived this verse. 
And again, I just, I know that this verse was applied to me more than my sister. I'm just telling you. There's a little bit of inequity there. Discipline and instruction. Dad, this is you. Compassionate, yes. Discipline and instruction. And this has to be a constant in your life. Now, again, this is going to adjust and it's going to change the older your children get. And my dad is still doing this. My dad is still having conversations with me. And the discipline and instruction conversation recently, when I'm 53, goes like this. You don't have to do anything I say, but (laughs) let me just tell you a few things. You're a grown man, you're a father, you're a husband, you're leading a church, but let me just tell you a few things. Discipline and instruction. Fathers, dads, let's pick up this mantle. Let's embrace it. This is something that God is calling us to do. We're not going to provoke our children to anger. So if, if our children are angry at us all of the time, there's maybe a problem in our delivery. So maybe we can bring in some compassion with our discipline and instruction and meld these things together so that we can be wise. But our children need our discipline and instruction. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 says this. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Mother's shout out on Father's Day. Verse 9. <laughs> for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. So the father has gone ahead, right? And has done some stupid stuff and has observed some stupid stuff. And so we tell our children, hey, this thing, this way, this attitude, this approach, when sinners entice you, that's not the road we're going to go down. We're teaching our children the consequence of their decisions. And my dad would say to me over and over again, life is all about decisions. Life is all about decisions. Life is all about your choices. And what we need to do, Dad, is that we need to help our children see the consequences, good or bad, of their choices, their actions, their attitudes. Why? Because we're fathers. And this is what the Father God does to us. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, says this. My son, if you accept my words... And store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. So here is the instruction of a father. What is it? Turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Because what we're doing in the training process with our children is we're helping them be aware. Wisdom, again, is all about the future. The father has gone ahead. The heavenly father has gone ahead. So God is trying to instill us, instill in us a heart of wisdom, that we would have knowledge to apply, that we would understand some things about life. Verse 3, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So what does our our training look like, dads? 
that ultimate wisdom is going to come from God. Ultimate knowledge is going to come from God. And that means it's not going to come from other places. That I'm able to discern something because of the training of my father. That my father has walked me through certain things and has helped me to see down the road based on something I'm deciding right now. The heart of the father turns toward the children. Verse 7, he holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk is blameless for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones talking about wisdom. Then you understand what is right and just and fair, every good path for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, for men whose words are perverse. This is what we do, dads. We give life examples. And, and we walk through situations with our children that we observe in other people. Again, not to condescend to them, but we say, hey, look at the choices that person made. Where, where did it take them? And by this, we're teaching our children not just what to think, but how to think. Here's how you should think about life. That we should be able to look at things. We should be able to discern and look out in the world and know that these aren't the ways of God. We should be able to look out and see the end of this is destruction. And be trained in the ways of God so that we can understand some things, that we could be wise, that we could properly apply knowledge. And finally this. Proverbs chapter three, verse one. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. And don't we want that for our children? Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. And this would be the desire of a father for the children. Also this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. The instruction, the teaching, the heart, the compassion, the discipline and instruction of a father. As we train up our children, how do we want them to think about this life? We see here in these verses, ultimately what we want our kids to do we want our kids to put their trust in God. We want them to trust God, to rely on God. What a responsibility, dads. What a blessing. What an honor to be called a father. 
What an honor to be called the type of person that can create a legacy for your children and your children's children so that your children can walk in peace and prosperity and that your children can be a blessing to others. Let's just pray today. Father God, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord, that you are the greatest example of a father, that you are gracious to us, that you are compassionate to us, that you are disciplining and instructing us, that you are teaching us the ways of wisdom and knowledge and understanding, discernment that we can choose the path of peace, the path of prosperity, the path of blessing. God, we love you. We're so thankful that as our Father, that you didn't leave us alone in our sin, that you didn't leave us alone in our messes, that you had compassion on us, that you sent Jesus so that we could know you. God, we pray that you help us to continue to live out a godly legacy here at the City Church. God, we pray that you help us to continue to leg out, live out a legacy in our church family. And then God, for all of the fathers in the room, I pray that you help each one to live out a legacy as they instruct and live out your ways in front of their children. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, the Father God, as we've been talking about today, you know, he invites us into a relationship with himself. And if you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, the gospel, the good news is all about Jesus, that God sent Jesus because he loves us and he wanted to be in a relationship with us. And because of Jesus' sacrifice, God made a way for us to be in that relationship. We don't get a relationship with God by pretending that we're perfectly moral because we aren't. We can't create some sort of religion, sort of offer that to God and say, God, do you accept me now? Now, the story of the gospel is that God came down in Christ and he made a way for us to know him. And it just comes as a gift. And all you have to do is receive that gift today. So I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. If you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I invite you to pray along with me. Or maybe you're here this morning and you used to be in a relationship with God. Maybe something difficult happened to you in the context of church. You know, God is not mad at you this morning. God is inviting you close to himself again. You pray along with me as well this morning. So church, we're gonna pray this out loud together today, maybe praying with somebody who's praying it for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. So let's bow our head and close our eyes and let's pray this out loud together. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life, died on the cross, and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen, amen. Come on, let's celebrate with those that made that decision for the first time this morning. We're so happy for you. It's one of the best decisions you'll make. And so if that was you, if you made a decision to follow Christ or rededicated your life to Him, wanna make sure that we give you resources for your new journey of faith. Fill out the Connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. Check off, I have decided to follow Christ. Turn it into the info desk in our main lobby. One of our team members will greet you with a huge smile, celebrate with you and give you some resources for your new journey of faith. Are you happy that you came to church this morning on Father's Day? Come on, so good. All right, I just wanna remind you of a couple of announcements that Michael and Avery shared with us this morning. Just a reminder that we're looking for some alpha leaders as well as our young adults clothing swap donations. All of that info is also available at our info desk. Also wanna make mention of our legacy offering. I love what PB was just sharing about this morning. I wanna let you know that these legacy offering envelopes are at our giving kiosk in the back. They're also at our info desk and at the table just outside of the auditorium doors. Make sure you grab one, especially marked as legacy. Pray over it. And let's be intentional with our giving uh, this month, you know, as we partner with what God is doing here at City. All right, why don't you stand to your feet one more time? Come on, let's give it up for the dads. Happy Father's Day to all the City dads. We love you so much. Um, and so we just want to let you know in the lobby, we have, well, Ray was ready. We're ready for the party already. Uh, we have popsicles ready for all of you because what screams better to eat at 10 a.m. in the morning than popsicles? Because you are the best pop. Ah, there it is. All right, so there's popsicles available for you in the lobby. We love you so much. We will see you next week at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Have a great week.